Okay, good morning, everybody. Topic this morning is the mystery of Azazel. Usually we try to stay away from topics that are beyond our grasp or Kabbalistic ideas that we don't really have training in. Today will be an exception. So we know the unique avoda of Yom Kippur is we have the two goats. And after the goral is done, so the one that was chosen for Azazel, that remains alive, that's not brought as a carbon, and it's sent out to the wilderness of Azazel. Aaron places his both his two hands on the Sirachai, and he confesses all of the sins of Bnei Yisrael, and he places them upon the head of the goat, and they send it through the Ish Iti to the wilderness. Right, this is the source of having a scapegoat. Right. Okay. It's sent to the land of Gezeira. It's sent out into the Midbar. So the notion of, of transferring our Averos onto something else um, logically is very difficult to understand. Now we do have a precedent in halacha. Right? We have a minig that's very similar to this. We find in Shulchan Aruch regarding the, the minig of kaparos. The Machaber writes, Mashinogim lasos kapara b'rav yomikiporim, lishchot tarnagol al kol ben zachar, velomra lov psukim yesh limnoah haminig. The Machabers of the opinion, even though many people do it, you should refrain from doing so. For what reason? Darchei Mori. That gets into the conversation we had last week. He felt that the origins of such a minig were not authentic. They came from pagan sources. But writes the Ramah, but the Ramah says, for us Ashkenazim, we do have Makoros. It's a minig v'sikin. We've been doing it for hundreds of years, and therefore, ein l'shanos, um, do not stop doing it now. But this minig definitely seems to be similar to the idea we find in the Chumash of confessing sins onto an animal, and then eventually, in this case with the kaparos, you're shechting the, uh, the chicken. But we do have such a concept in, in the practical Jewish life as well. But the question is, what exactly are we doing? Right? If it was only that easy, you could do all of the averos in the world, and as long as you're able to do vidui on the sa'ir or on the chicken, then you're good to go. So what's pshad in the vidui? Now, Lemaise, when we analyze these psukim, although we know through the Mishnayis more of the details, 
In the Psukim themselves, it's very vague. Where is this Sa'ir going? What is Azazel? What is Eretz Gezeira? What's the destiny of this poor goat? So the Rashbam, we know, is one of the grandchildren of Rashi. And his stated purpose all throughout Chumash is always to give Pshuto Shel Mikra even more so than Rashi. We have a famous discussion that we've quoted before, the Rashbam, where he speaks about one of the last conversations he had with his grandfather, in source number four. He says, V'gam Rabbeinu Shlomo Avi Imi, Meir Ene Gola, and even Rabbeinu Shlomo, the father of my mother, who was the light of the exile, who explained all of Tanakh, Nosan Lev Lefarish Pshuto Shel Mikra, so my grandfather's agenda was to explain Pshuto Shel Mikra, the Pashibshat. And I had the opportunity of having a conversation with him, with Rashi. And he admitted to me that if he had more time, it sounds like the question of the Rashbam was, although your, your basic approach is Pshuto Shel Mikra, but oftentimes you do bring in you know, more obscure Midrashim that don't seem to be the absolute Pashib Shad in the Pasuk. And Rashi said back, that's true. And if I had more time, I would write another parish and Chumash, even more Pashit. So says the Rashbam, my grandfather did not have the opportunity to do so, but that's where I'm picking up and carrying on the torch. So here, in Pashat Acharei Mos, when the Rashbam explains, L'shalech osel la'azazel ha'midbaro, L'fi pshuto, L'shalech osel chai, El ha'izim m'sheben midbar. All we're doing, nothing gruesome, nothing uh, aggressive, we're just sending him back to the other goats that are in the wilderness. Just like we find by the Tzipure Mitzora. Right? There are so many deep connections between the offering of the Mitzora and these uh, two Seirim on Yom Kippur. Throughout the Mishnayas, we see there are many connections. And they're both unique in the sense where part of the Hakrava, part of the process is not just taking an animal and shechting it and bringing it into the, uh, the base of Migdash, but it's taking a different animal and sending it away. Not according to the Rashbam. He's explaining Pshuto Shel Mikra. Pshuto Shel Mikra, he says, you're just sending him away to the other goats, the wild goats. There was a homecoming. He's saying, Pshuto Shel Mikro. Ein Mikro Yotze Midei Pshuto. This is not Lefito Shabalpet. All right. So he says, similar to the birds of the Mitzorah, where one is shechted and one is set free. Afkan Letares Yisrael Mevonosam Mishalcho Midbar. That's what we're doing here with the, the goat that was. Uh, labeled Azazel. Now the Rabbag though gives a little bit of a hesber 
right? More of a psychological approach as to what exactly is going on. How can we transfer our sins onto an animal? So he says, The benefit here is that it's ab- it, it, it enables us to believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has already forgiven our sins. And therefore, we will not be weak in our avodas Hashem. Sounds like the Ralbag is saying, if we didn't have this tangible expression of, of giving over our sins to help us see physically that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is really taking away our avonos and our chatoyim, then even if Moshe Rabbeinu would tell us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu would tell us, I'm accepting your tshuva, don't worry, that, that somehow wouldn't be sufficient. And we would be misrashil in our avoda, and we would feel a sense of yush, a sense of hopelessness. The Ralbag arguing on the Rashbam, right, going with Torah Shabalpeh. Lemaisa, we're sending this goat away, it's going to die, and therefore it's reinforcing the reality that our sins are going with this animal. Not that I'm actually transferring my Averos, but the same result, the same uh, destiny this, this animal has, that it's being destroyed, our Averos are also being destroyed. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is forgiving Klal Yisrael. So according to this approach of the Relbag, that would also help explain the idea of Kaparos. It's the same idea. We're not actually transferring Averos onto the poor chicken, but it's, it's something tangible that could potentially be helpful in us believing that Hashem is actually forgiving us. Now the Rambam and the Mor Nevuchim seems to take a similar approach. Thank you so much, Gershon. Let's say this is better than last week, you know. Baruch Much better, yeah, thank you. Last week there was a disaster with the coffee. It was just... We got it too early. So the Rambam and the Mor Nevochim says, when he's explaining the, uh, the process of the Sir Mishtaleach, He's explaining the unique qualities of this particular carbon that is not brought into the Beis HaMikdash as an offering. But it's sent away to the Eretz Gezeira. What's Gezeira mean? Ein ba Yishu, right? It's desolate. He says, obviously we all know that sins are not like a package you could just place on someone else's back. However, But writes the Rambam, all of these actions, or what you might call, which is a very, it's, it's a... It's a dangerous word, but the ritual of sending the seir to Azazel, these are all in order to bring one, to move one to tshuva. 
So it's a very similar approach to the Relbag, both explaining psychologically how, although it may seem uh, gruesome, it may seem violent, but it's actually helping us come to tshuva. A little bit of a nuanced difference is that the Relbag is saying it's helping us believe that Hashem has forgiven us and we can move on and feel confident. And the Rambam's focusing more on the fact that because we see Hashem does forgive, that's motivating us, that's moving us to do tshuva. But similar in the, in the basic Hezber. Now there's a, somewhat of a question in the Rambam, because when he explains the mitzvah, or the process of Yom Kippur and sending the Seir to Azazel, he says this is actually an example of a chok. Right? One of the many mitzvahs in the Torah that are beyond human comprehension. This is the very bottom of page two. He says, and this is in the discussion where generally he says, We have to try to understand the mitzvos to our abilities. And if there's something he writes, that we can't find a reason or at least an, an angle. So even if you can't understand it, it should not be viewed as light in your eyes. And you should keep on probing and you should keep on exploring. However, there are some mitzvahs that are chukim. And one's Yetzirah makes it difficult to perform these mitzvahs with a lev shalem. And sometimes the non-Jewish world may make fun of these practices. Kegon iser baser chazir ubaser bechalav. Ve'egla arufa, upara duma, paraduma is the classic one, and v'seir emishtaleyach, and the seir that sent away Yom Kippur. Those are all examples of chukim that are beyond human comprehension. But didn't he just tell us in the Mor Nevuchim that there's a very sound logic behind this? Right? It's, it's a psychological benefit. It's, it's inspiring you, it's moving you to do tshuva. Ah, it's a steer in the Rambam. So what's the answer? Might not be the Talmud, so... Well, meaning that we have, we have many places in the Rambam where he'll say, Afal pi, Nonetheless, rem is yeshbo. Right, but etzim mitzvah it's a gezeres akasuv. It might be a chok. However, there's a remez that there's something that we could tap into. There's an aspect of truth that that we can see, and we could understand how it might be beneficial for us. But it's not the time of the mitzvah. Before your question, where else does the Rambam say this same exact structure? Afalpi that this mitzvah blank is a gezeres akasuv. Nonetheless, remez yeshbo. Good try. Huh? What was that? He says it by mikvah. Right? In the mikvos, the halachas of mikvos, he has a very similar line as to what he writes in the Hechashchufa. That even though it's a Gezer Sakasov, he does give a remis to the, uh, the Yisod of Mikvah.
So although he doesn't say that explicitly here regarding the Seir Mishteleach, but in order to understand both of these Rambams together, in the Mor Nevuchim and in the Mishneh Torah, it would seem to be pretty much the same idea. It's a Chok, it's a Gezer Sakosov. Amnam Remez Yeshbo. There's a Remez that he's sharing with us in the Mor Nevuchim. Question? I'm a visual learner, right. and I love goats, right. and it, so it's this, disgusting to throw you know, it off a cliff. Right. The uh, current parlance, you know, if it doesn't uh, resonate or it's not relevant to me, you know, right? So, but, but really that's not the reason. The reason is, and it's just hope. So, Exactly, exactly. Okay, so we have the Ralbag, we have the Ramim and the Mor Nevuchim, and yet we understand that it's a chok. There's a very cryptic Ibn Ezra. Now we're getting a little bit deeper, and this is where we're getting into territory that we don't quite understand, but it's still interesting to explore. Amar of Shmuel, this is source number nine, the Ibn Ezra. Afal pishikosu b'serachata shu l'shem, gam seir mishteleachu l'shem, ve'en sarach ki mishteleach e'neinu karbin, the one that you're sending away is not a classic carbon because it's not shechted. And if you're able to understand the secret of the Seir Mishteleach, then you'll understand its secret and the secret of its name. Because it has friends in the Mikra, in the Psukim. And I will reveal part of that secret through a hint. When there is 33, you will understand it. So it's pretty clear what the Ibn Ezra is saying. Right, doesn't need much elaboration. <clears throat> what is going on? 33, that's the magic number. Then you'll understand it. it Let's say we're already past 33. When you're 33 years old? Is that what he's, he's, he, he doesn't say years old, he just says 33. But it's like that. Yeah, the, the literal translation would be, when you are 33, then you'll understand it. The question is, what does he mean by that phrase? <clears throat> it could be some of us are 33 in this room, and we probably still don't quite understand the Ibn Ezra. So let's take a look at the Ramban. V'ani agala l'cha ketzas ha-sod b'remez ben shloshim v'shalosh. So the Ramban says, Achare Lamed Gimel Psukim. He assumes Ben Shloshim Vishlosh is not referring to one's age, but it's telling you after 33 Psukim. Then you will know the Soda of Azazel. So says the Ramban, the Ibn Ezra Neman Ruach. He was a Neman Ruach. He was a substantial person, Mechasadavar, and he kept the matter hidden. 
This is the tie-in to both Parshas, Acharimos, and Kedoshim, right? But I'm the, the peddler, I run around with the gossip, and I'm going to be Megal, I'm going to reveal the secret of the Ibn Ezra. So what's the secret? This Seir that's sent away is somehow a, a remez to Esav. Hein Esav achi ish Seir. Right? Like it's referred to in the Pasuk that he was a person with hair. So Seir is a reference to Esav. As kol avonos of avonos tam, shenem of Yaakov ish tam. The avonos of Yaakov will be placed onto Esav. And this is explained in the Midrashic work of the Pirkei Rebbe Eliezer, that's like the 9th century. So therefore, the, uh, the Seir was sent away and given to Samoel as Shochad, as bribery on Yom Kippur. Shalolavatel as Karbonam in order that Samal should not nullify the carbon, the other seer that was Lashem, Goral Echad Lashem, Vagoral Echad Lazozel. Goral Loshel Akadosh Baruchu Lekarbin, Lekarbin Ola, Vagoral Loshel Azozel Seir Achatas, which somehow is Yaakov placing Averos onto Esav and sending this Seir to Samal, in order that Samoel should not interfere with the other carbon. It's Shochad. We're giving bribery to Samoel. Is it just me or does this sound like a different religion? Tom of Yaakov. Right. What does all this mean? What does all this mean? And we never quite got shot in this illusion of 33. Ramban was telling us it doesn't mean 33 years old, but rather it means 33 psukim later. So what do we have 33 psukim later? Ibn Ezra was commenting on Leviticus 16.8. 33 psukim later we find Leviticus 17.7. We have an Isser here that Kla Yisrael may no longer sacrifice any of the, their offerings to the Seirim, to the goats, that they may stray after. This is an everlasting statute. You are not allowed to bring karbanos to the Seirim in the fields, you only bring a carbon to the Beis Hamikdash. And there the Ibn Ezra explains, right? Again, Ben Shloshim Vishlosh, this is 33 Psukim later. Haim Hashedim, the Seirim that are mentioned in the Pasuk are actually Shedim. They were goat demons. Venikru Kain, Bavor, Sheyishtoer, Haguf, Haroa, Osam, Vahakarov, Bavor, Sheyira, Osam, Hamishugoim, Kibidemus, Seirim. The Mishugoim, people who were having visions, they would have this image 
of, of a deity, of, of a force, Kedemus Seirim, somehow in the image of Seirim. Asher Heim Zonim, the Pasuk saying, don't offer karbonos to the Seirim that you stray after. Ki kol osam, umamin bahem, because anyone who is mevakesh, those forces, and believes in them, hu zonim mitaches elokav, that means he's straying from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Sheyachshav ki yesh mi sheyetiv o yera, chutz mei Hashem anichbad v'hanoira. This is classic Avodah Zarah. Right? Idol worship 101 is, if I believe there is any force or any person or any, anything else in the universe that can either bring me tov or ra. If there's any independent force besides Hashem, that is Avodah Zarah. So the Ibn Ezra is telling us an aspect of the Sod of Azazel is alluded to in this Pasuk. In this Pasuk, Hashem is telling us, don't ever even think of bringing Karbanos to the Seirim because that's Mamish of Odezorah. Yet the way the Rabban seems to be explaining this is that, that that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> right? The one, the goat that's Azazel, that's going to the Seirim or Samael, the, uh, the force of Esau, in order so Samael will be satisfied and content and not interfere with the Seir Lashem. So the very Pasuk that the Ibn Ezra is quoting to explain what we're doing is telling us that there's an Isser Deir Raisa in doing so. So I'd like to quote to you from the Hertz Chumash. <clears throat> he writes as follows. This is a part of the introduction to Pasha's Achare Mos. He says, And the Talmud Azalza was translated by a steep mountain and was applied to the rock in the wilderness from where the animal was hurled. At an earlier period, however, the word Azazel became personified. Thereupon, the strangest theories and legends grew up in connection with Azazel. In certain Jewish traditions, for example, Azazel is foremost among the fallen angels who taught unrighteousness to the children of men. This view that the word Azazel is the name of a demon in the wilderness, was shared by Ibn Ezra and Nachmanides, and is today adopted by most biblical critics. But it is quite untenable. The offering of sacrifices to demons is spoken of as a heinous crime in the very next chapter. Homage to a demon of the wilderness cannot, therefore, be associated with the holiest of temple rites in the chapter immediately preceding. So Rabbi Hurt says, Bahachlata, clearly this is an absurd interpretation. How in the world can you tell me, um, as some of these legends have crept into Judaism, that the, the goat you're sending to Azazel is actually giving it to some form of demon, we have a biblical prohibition against doing that. So clearly that can't be what's going on here. How do we know, with all due respect, that he's wrong? 
Because the Ibn Ezra and the Rabban say that's what's going on. So the answer is not that therefore we reject the Rishonim. The answer is we need to be ma'ayin into the Rishonim. What's taka pshad in the Ibn Ezra? And, and don't tell me that they, ha- they must be wrong because there's a biblical prohibition against sacrificing animals to to Seirim, that's the exact Pusik the Ibn Ezra was quoting. So just in case you might have th- thought he forgot that Pusik, he's clearly incorporating that Pusik into his overall worldview of Azazel. And it's not just the Ramban and the Ibn Ezra. The Ramban quotes the Pirkei the Rebbe Elezer. We're not going to read it inside now as the hour is getting late and we're getting thoroughly confused. But we have a similar idea here as well in the Pirkei the Rebbe Elezer. Let's just read a couple of lines together. Why not? Just to see how he presents it. Number 13. He says, generally, very beginning here, Amr Samol Lifnei Kaddish Baruch Hu. Samol says in front of Hashem, Ribon kol olamim al kol umas olam nesatili rishos. You've given me free reign, or at least control in some way over the other nations of the world. V'al Yisrael e'na But I don't have any rishos over Klal Yisrael. It's not fair. Amr lo, Hashem said to Samal, they had a good relationship. Don't worry. That you'll have control over them on Yom Kippur. That if they sin, then I'll give you control. We'll make a deal. If they don't do sins in Yom Kippur, then even then you won't have control over them. Therefore, nosnin lo shochad. So we have a great plan. Therefore, we give Samoel bribery b'yom hakipurim dafka shelo levatel es Yisrael shelo yakrivu es karbanim in order that he should not interfere to be mevatel or to nullify the carbon to Hashem. And when he's getting his own, so then ra Samoel shelo nimtza behem yom kipurim chet. He says, you know what? These people are talking pretty impressive. And he says before Kaddish you mamish have a nation here of Olam Hazah that are like Malachi Ashares. They're not eating, they're not drinking, they're not doing Chatoyim. Ashrechem. So we have the Ramban, we have the Ibn Ezra, and we have the earlier source of the Pirkei the Rabbi Ezra that definitely seems to be telling us there is a connection here between the Avoda of Yom Kippur. And the Isser of, of sacrificing to Seirim, somehow that Isser was incorporated into the day of Yom Kippur. What's that? Is there a between an actual carbon, the regular procedure of carbon versus the regular cliff, which is the same methodology of carbon? So there's definitely a distinction. The question would be, though, philosophically speaking, conceptually, does it really make a difference? The bottom line is what we're doing here is we're giving one sa'ir to a zazel. The ma'isa, the ma'isa, the Torah says not to do that. Right. So are we putting, are we also doing that type of idea where transferring that bears from? Well, there's definitely the idea of saying vidui. This notion, though, of taking it to the next, the next level of mamish, you know, telling us that we're somehow 
transposing our averos on something else that seems to be unique to the, the Seir Mishtaleach. Now again, the Rambam and the Marnevuchim and the Ralbag would tell us that's not really what's going on, right? But it's more of a way of being mechazik, the truth that Hashem is mechaper. So I actually had Tashlech here as well, as one of the Marmakomos. That's another place where potentially we see something similar, but again, it's more of the psychological impact. Yes? part of the Avoida of Yom Kippur is an exception. In other words, it's part of the Avoida where, where you see that the Azazel is subservient to the Rebbeinu. In other words, where you're attributing it as its own uh, entity and power. Not that Halila, the Ramban and the Ibn Ezra were uh, superstitious or misled by outside ideas, but there, there is a very fundamental chilek here, yes. We're going to see that in a moment. Question? Well, just a point, point of information. Uh, we have, I think, like a similar, I think, weird uh, thought about um, shofar, right? Like part of it is... Uh, to confuse the satan, right? So there, the truth is, you do have rishonim that explain that gemara, as the satan is not referring to the koachatuma, you know, an outside force of ra, but it's actually referring to the yitzhara, like Rashi says in Baba Basra, right? That satan and yitzhara and malachamovis, they're all the same thing. So it's not, it's not confusing the outside satan, but it's actually doing something that should be poel, the panemia, something internally. Okay. So there might be a different idea. Here, this does not sound like you could, you could take that, that liberty. Samal is something internal. Your mom is taking the goat and you're offering it in that direction. It sounds like... Well, what, do you, what are you doing with the whole idea of Samal in the first place? What does this mean that you have uh, entities around? You're, 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 you're utilizing bribery, no, no, so it shouldn't interfere. I understand you're bribing, but who is Samal to begin with? You're having this idea that there's a, oh. a force that's running around without, you know, like doing its own thing inside your That's also a heresy, you know? Yes, yes, that is apicorsis in the classic sense. So the Maisa, we know that there are many forces out in the universe. And they might have all sorts of wonderful Kabbalistic names, right? Sema'ol does sound pretty cool. It's right? <laughs> But there are many different kochos. The Ramban speaks about this in a few places on Chomish. Even the whole idea of, uh, of astronomy. Right? There are, there are uh, kochos, there's hashpa from the celestial bodies. The reason why these, these concepts are not avodah it's because we believe that everything is under the direction and the hashkacha of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So there might be many different vehicles of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hashpa, but unlike perhaps the, the Christian view of you have this battle between God and the devil, but they're not really on the same team, it's clear in hashkacha Satora, everything is a Baruch Hu. 
And there are many different forces and spheros and malachim and ways that the Kaddish Baruch Hu will interact with us and, 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 and give hashpa to all of the olamos, but it's all within the hashkach Hashem. Likely what the Ramban and the Ibn Ezra and the Pirkei Derbi Elezer are saying is that there is a force, call it Samoel, there's a force, call it Esav, and generally that's a very dangerous thing. And if Lamaisa, one, was to assume this was independent and sacrifice to it, trying to appease it like we spoke about last week, energy healing and these types of you know, other, uh, other methods. If I'm trying to relate to it as an independent entity, that's a Vodazara, that's an Isr Deiraisa. Here within the framework of the Avoda of Yom Kippur, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us, give a sa'ir to a zazel. Not that it's a separate force that needs to be pacified, but somehow this is part of our avoda, and this is helpful for Klal Yisrael. Now the Kliyakar, just to expand upon this for a moment, the Kliyakar over here mentions, he says, Niran hadavarim, that these two seirim, these correspond to the two izim that Yaakov made for his father Yitzchak before receiving the bracha. Says the Kliyakar, when Yaakov made this delicious meal for his father Yitzchak, there were two Seirim. One was given as Shochad. This was the Chomer, right? The physicality. In order to receive the Brachos. And the other one was the viewed as the carbon to Hashem. And it's a Pesach Hashem. What shaykhis does this Seir Mishteleach, or rather the Seir that was given to Hashem, why is, why is the Kliyakar calling it Pesach Hashem? What does this have to do with Pesach? So we know the Chazal, Mishchu Akuchu, that one of the, 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 the reasons behind the carbon Pesach was to totally make this separation from the Yavodah Zorah of Mitzrayim. We don't believe in any of that shtus. And even though they took this uh, and they thought it was godly, they thought it was a deity, it had independent forces, by us being Mekayim, the mitzvah of Korban Pesach, we were totally severing any ties to that pagan culture. We don't believe in that. We don't believe in any other force besides the Kaddish Baruch Hu. This is not a God. Everything is Hashem. We're taking this and we're bringing it to Hashem. So it sounds like the fact that Kliyakar is tying this in together with the Shtei Seirim and Yom Kippurim, it's a similar idea. It's not that we're giving it to Samoel because we feel that there's a different force out there we're trying to pacify. But to the contrary, we understand everything is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And part of the process of the Yom Kippur Avodah is 
even those kohos of Ra, of Esav, of Samoel, we understand, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is all you. This is all you. It's Eino Milvado. So structurally here, right? How are we answering, how are we addressing the question of Rabbi Hertz? His whole issue was, how in the world can the Ramban and the Ibn Ezra and the Pirkei Belazar say that you're giving a carbon to Samoel? There's an Issa Deraisa in doing so. The answer would be, we're not giving a carbon to Samoel. Right? This is all part of understanding that the Kaddish Baruch who is in total control. We're giving something to this other force because that's the call of the hour. Not because that force needs it or not because we're trying to make it complacent or satisfied. This is all of our Vodas Hashem. On Yom Kippur, we take away that koach of the guf. We're not eating and we're not drinking. So as we started off with, we're not going to get clarity here, but I think structurally, this is where it seems to be going. Ultimately, like the Ibn Ezra said, I'm only being Megala part of the Sod. And we're only being Megala part of that part. So we have 0.0004 structurally what the Ibn Ezra is saying. Yes? Oh, yes. Oh, I think we saw this together in the Bar Yosef. Yes. The truth is, we definitely find these concepts, and I think that's what's going on here. And, and that's really exactly what Ibn Ezra said before when he explains that line, Asher Haim Zonim. He says, Because Kikol Mavakesh Osamu Mamin Bahem, who Zona Mitaches Alokov, Shiyachshov Kiyesh Mi Shiyetev Oyera Chutzme Hashem Anich Bivahanoira. Bahakol Mayushav Hetev Bezvas Hashem Yisborach. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>